Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay. nature it should be for people that are 18 years or older heed my warning people i do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or from some television show the facts we're retelling you were presented to us by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims my description of the crime scenes or what i saw with my own two eyes if you're gonna get offended Please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And everyone, I'm coming to you on, I'm recording this on Wednesday, right before the storm comes. Um, she was just up, Laura was just upgraded to Category 4, which is just, it's, there'll be nothing standing, and if it hits at that rate, and I worked for 20 years, I worked every name storm that ever hit the state of Louisiana, including Katrina and Rita and all the bad ones. Um, I just pray for everybody out there to stay safe. And, of course, COVID, you know, hell, with us beat COVID so we can start doing some live shows and having some fun again. But today we're doing... Uh, the name of the episode is Rap Heat's Burning 3. I have some crazy stuff to tell you in here. You might hear some pages rustling. You might hear the wind blowing outside because I'm in the middle of the woods. Um, I apologize ahead of time again for not being in the studio. The audio, Toby Tom play will make it the best that he can. But I love and appreciate y'all for being here. And stay tuned from at the end of the show for some announcements. And um, if y'all would, and you like Real Life Real Crime, go to iTunes and leave us a review. I'd appreciate that. And follow me on Instagram. It's it's at Real Life Real Crime and at Overton Woody. And I'm trying to put some funny stuff up there every day or just different stuff that's not on the crew page. And real quick, shout out to all lifers who have blown up our crew page. We went 
from the last couple of months, I think we added another 6,000 plus people. And we're over 24,000 people in our private group on Facebook. If you're not a member, send us a request and we'll get you approved. Thank you to all the lifers who have invited all the other people, 24,000. That's a lot of people, y'all, in, in your private group. So we're proud of that. And I want to thank each one of y'all for having taken the time and invited all those people. So that being said, Rapids burning. Let's get started. All right. First thing I want to talk about is a, a not, all this information, y'all, is provided by lifers. But when, you know, why I'm doing Rapids burning is because they pissed me off about Courtney Coco's case and, and the delays. So I asked all lifers to send me all the information on the cases that they have. This is personal information. And if you listen to part one and two, you know where it's been going and how it's been going. This is part three, and it's a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of bad stuff in here. The first thing I want to talk about is uh, when, let's see if this postmarked. I, ha- I received a package from the U.S. Postal Service Priority Mail U.S. Postage paid from PM3 Day, Alexandria, Louisiana. They charged them $7.75. Of course, there's no return address on it. And I, y'all, I was going to post this, but I just can't because it's, there's criminal allegations in it. And it's against, specifically, against the Rapids Parish District Attorney's Office. And it's titled, Public Corruption in Rapids Parish District Attorney's Office. And it gives the dates that the following events occurred in the, in the names, in the, I mean, docket numbers, the, and the name, names of everybody involved. And they signed it, sincerely, the whistleblower. And so I thought about it and I talked to attorneys about it. I cannot read the details of the letter because I'm sending it to, the, and it's the right thing to do, I'm sending it to Jeff Landry, the Attorney General for the state of Louisiana, and he has investigators, and they got to investigate this. These are criminal allegations against Philip Terrell, Terrell's. I had lifers correct me on how to say his name. Philip Terrell's office, okay? So we're going to send it to them. I don't want to screw up the investigation. It's no different than me not releasing all the information I have in Courtney Coco's case, which I can't do because... I don't want to take any chance of screwing up the, uh, the investigation or the prosecution part. Everything I told you on Courtney Coco, um, that's the bad guys and their attorneys already know about. So I didn't, I didn't hurt anything there. But thank you, Whistleblower, for sending it in. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of detailed information, and if it's true, it's going to be bad times for Philip Terrell's, Terrell's um, district attorney's office. So Rapids Burning 3, this is sent in, I, I don't know who it was sent in by, but it, it's this is an ep, excerpt, if, if you will, from W uh, from KALB. So I need to read this to you. It's pretty, it's pretty shocking. It says the Rapids Parish District, District Attorney's Office has dismissed 49 counts of pornography with juveniles and amended a 50th count of pornography with juveniles to obscenity, second offense, and a plea deal for a case dating back to March 2015. Terry Lee Adams, Jr., 
49 of Tioga was represented by George Higgins. The case was not pro- the case was being prosecuted by Monica Doss with the district attorney's office. Upon his arrest in 2015, Bond was set at $125,000 per count. Evans pleaded not guilty in November of 2015. According to court records, a trial for Adams was rescheduled four times. On Monday, upon a motion by the district attorney's office, the bill of information was amended to obscenity second offense in lieu of pornography with juveniles. Adams withdrew his plea of not guilty to pornography with juveniles and entered a guilty plea to the lesser offense of obscenity second offense. In return, the district attorney's office dismissed the remaining pornography counts. Judge Mary Doggett, I think it is, D-O-G-G-E-T-T, sentenced Adams to pay a $1,000 fine and $495 in court costs. If he defaults, he will have to spend 30 days in jail. News Channel 5 has reached out to District Attorney Philip Terrell about the plea deal and why the charges were dropped. He said he would check with Doss. Okay, so let's talk about that. You get arrested on 50 counts of pornography with juveniles. It goes for now, they took it serious enough when it started, that he, it was $125,000 of bond per count. All right, so you do that times 50. It's a hell of a lot of money. But trial was rescheduled four times, and then the district attorney's office changed the bill of information. Y'all, the bill of information, that's just where they list all the charges against you, the 50 charges of child pornography he had, and they admitted to a Obscenity, second offense, in lieu of pornography. That's as low as you can get on, basically, on a sexual offense, right? I mean, and Simpson to pay a thousand dollars. The DA dismissed the remaining counts. I, I don't know. I guess the, I guess Philip Terrell's uh, kids weren't the ones in the pornography that the guy had, right? And again, uh, George Higgins' attorney's name came up in it. You can't blame the defense attorney for doing his job. It may, may make you sick to your stomach, but everybody has a right to uh, a defense and, and proper representation. And evidently, George Higgins is, is a kick-ass defense attorney because the, uh, he won this one, that's for sure. I mean, this guy was looking at so many years in prison, he couldn't have done it in 10 lifetimes. And now he, I uh, assume he's still free. I mean, shit. What do you do about that, Rapides? 50 counts of child pornography. You know, child pornography, that's adults screwing kids or the kids being forced to perform sex acts on each other. And each count is a separate sex act. Whether that whether it was adults making kids have sex with kids, or adults having sex with kids, or whatever it is, child porn, man. I mean, if, if you have a kid out there, I hope it makes your stomach turn because it makes mine 
turn and and I'm doing a patron live video y'all this is the picture of this this rock star here but um anyway we'll put it up on the patron page I don't know I don't know how you you explain that but I got another one for you listen to this shit Philip Terrell executed one of the most disgusting plea deals in Rapides Parish history. This is all capitalized. Joseph Glenn DeSoto was arrested on multiple sex charges that involved children under the age of 13, one of which was nine years old. Experienced, hardworking detectives with Rapides Sheriff's Office investigated this case and made the arrest. The charges included seven counts of aggravated incest, four counts of sexual battery, three counts of indecent behavior with a juvenile. DeSoto was also arrested on six counts of possession of a firearm by a convicted felon and one count of intimidating a witness. At that time, the felony gun charge alone carried a minimum of 10 years in prison for each count. After the case was pending for over three years, Mr. Terrell's, Terrell's office gave DeSoto the deal of a lifetime. Mr. Terrell dismissed all sex crimes and gun charges, allowing DeSoto to plead to no contest to a minor drug charge and get one year probation. All right, let me talk about this because I'm about to puke, okay? The, um, first of all, shout out to Rapids Parish Sheriff's Office, whoever the detectives were that worked it. Y'all, you hear me bash on them a lot in, in, in law enforcement Rapids, but I, I don't mean it. I know there's good cops there, and, and, and the majority of them are good cops, right? But they, whoever had to work this case and when it, and the, the charge is seven counts of aggravated incest, I mean, somebody is screwing their own kids, raping their own kids. And I've had to work these cases. That means that each one of these kids had to come in and do what they call a CAC interview, a child access center interview, and the detective would have sat in the other room and monitored it on closed-circuit television while the forensic interviewer interviews the kids and gets all these horrible facts out. So my hat's off to you whoever you were that worked this case and had the balls enough to make the arrest. The uh, seven counts of aggravated incest, and one of the kids was nine years old, 13 to nine years old, and four counts of sexual battery, three counts of indecent behavior with juvenile, and six counts of possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. So this dude is a convicted felon, okay? And... That that's federal charges. The that could have been federal charges under Project Exile is what they call it. I don't know if it's ten years. It used to be five years per charge on that. But what happens now? Experienced, hardworking detectives with Rapids Parish Sheriff's Office investigated this case and made the arrest. You heard the charges, Philip Terrell, your district attorney for Rapids Parish. Same guy that's up for election in November for six more years. Same guy that has Courtney Coco's case, even though he says he doesn't. Dropped all the sex charges and let DeSoto plead, Joseph Glenn DeSoto pleads no contest 
to a minor drug charge and get one year of probation. I, what the fuck? You gonna, you got an election, people, in November. This is actually um, by Jermaine Harris, who is actually, and you can say whatever you want to, but he is, he used to work for the district attorney's office in Rapids, and he quit, I think, after three or three and a half years, and he's running against Philip Terrell. So this was his information. Uh, I'm going to read you a little bit more of what he says. He says, when I'm elected district attorney, people who are charged with sex crimes against our children will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. The safety of our children is the, of the the utmost importance to me. Mr. Terrell clearly believes we can help and rehabilitate people charged with sex crimes against children. I believe those people should spend the rest of their lives in Angola State Penitentiary. Well, Mr. Harris, um, I agree with you, and I've put many of them there for doing just that. And he goes on to say, we deserve to know why this case was handled so poorly, and if the case wasn't strong enough, then why was it pending for so long? And why were the sex crimes dismissed by the district attorney on June the 6th, 2016 and recharged by the DA on February 13, 2017, only to be dismissed again by the DA on December the 20th, 2017? Was it because the DA and the defense attorney were good friends? And he says, I included whatever. I included the attorney and his son's campaign contributions to Mr. Terrible were the sex charges dismissed, so the case go to PTI, y'all, as pretrial intervention. It would not have been the first time that a sex crime defendant was allowed into PTI under Mr. Terrell's administration. We deserve answers. Well, Jermaine Harris, I agree with you. The well, the people of Rapids deserve answers. I, I can tell you that much. I mean, I don't know. Uh, the, the, they... They didn't make these arrests, y'all. Uh, um, without serious amounts of evidence. And you know what the sad fucking thing is? This, the aggravated incest, having sex, it, uh, or aggravated rape, uh, which it should be, 13 and under. It's not having sex, it's raping your kids that are, that are just fucking disgusting. And it, this is your district attorney. And y'all remember all this stuff was sent in to me. <sighs> I'm just going on. I'm going on to the next one. This is sent in uh, by a lifer. It says, and I don't know these cases, y'all. Uh, uh, I'm just reading what was sent in. Justin Walters was indicted on a rape, on rape and kidnap charges. He was let out on bond on house arrest. The court date came and went dozens of times. Somehow the house arrest got botched. By somehow, I mean corruption. His sister works for a judge. He went on to kidnap two more women, drug, beat, and rape them. He is now in jail without bond. Okay, so what's the common theme here? I mean, I'm assuming that this is Rapides because this is Rapides burning. This was sent in, and I'm reading to you. But if this is true, then when you're indicted on rape and kidnap charges, that's serious, right? I mean, 
you took somebody's freedom and then you raped them. The court date came and went dozens of times. Now, just like the other two cases I read you when they said the court date went on and on. Well, you know what? They're, each side's will be reasonably allowed, by that I mean the defense and the prosecution, will be reasonably allowed a certain amount of do-overs or kick it down the line, the case, because whatever's not ready or they didn't have such such information. But not this many times, y'all. And these are all the major cases, and each one of these is sex. And why in the hell... Uh, a guy, everybody deserves a right to bond, and, and even the not, not a right to bond, to have a bond hearing, a reasonable amount of bond set. He gets out of bond on kidnap and rape charges, and is placed on house arrest. I don't know about the sister work for a judge part, but uh, uh, yeah, he gets out and went on to kidnap two more women, drug beat and rate them. Where you at, Rapids Parish? If that fucker never gets out of jail. The next one says, don't feel bad. Terrell, Philip Terrell, also has let a certain burglar thief walk numerous times. Michael Haggard has broken into my house three times, caught on video, caught breaking into numerous other homes, but Terrell still refuses to prosecute that piece of shit. I don't know if that piece of shit is is the Michael Haggard or, or Terrell they're talking about, but it's three times on video. I mean, again, the sent in, I'm reading it. I didn't make this shit up. I'm not from Rapids Parish. But I guarantee you the motherfucker broke into my house three separate times, like on um, uh, Hell or Jail. It, it, if somebody came back in my house again, he wouldn't have to, if he did it twice, he wouldn't have to worry about doing it a third time. So this guy or this person, this lifer says, don't feel bad. Terrell also let a certain burglar walk, burglar thief walk numerous times. Michael Haggers broke into my house three times, called on video. Where you at? Where you at, Rapids? That ought to make your ass burn. And that's not even a rape case, right? All right. Next one sent in is Curtis Lacombe, L-A-C-O-M-B-E. It says, Curtis Lacombe tried to pay three people to murder the lady he had been with for years and two children together and he got zero time and only got three years probation. His daughter is the one who had to find the messages with the details to have her mother killed. So what's going to happen when he snaps and kills her? There's the restraining order is just a paper will not protect her, exclamation. Our system failed to protect her and the children, I feel. Well, his daughter is the one who had to find the message. I guess that's Curtis's daughter. And um, with the details, have her mother killed. I don't know. I don't know, but I mean, if this is true, 
he got three years probation that automatically included with that would have been a, a no contact order or a restraining order. And you're, whoever sent this, you're absolutely correct. Um, um, Jesus, what was the name of the episode? The, the girl, little girl got the restraining order and they served it on him. Uh, um, and her husband went into Popeye's and killed her and Walker. That's the same thing that, that protective order isn't going to do anything. But I don't know. Just reading it for you, lifers. Shocking, to say the least. All right, I got to back up on a story that I covered, well, I think on Rapids Burning One. Rebecca Ann Miller and Roger Collins. Y'all remember this one probably when I read it to you. Their bodies were found badly decomposed off Sugar House Road in Alexandria. Uh, this is uh, Rebecca's daughter sent this in. And uh, said, my mama was stabbed 67 times, so vicious, vicious. She had indentations on her bones, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so y'all remember that Rebecca and Roger were found um, dead off of Hudson Boulevard in Alexandria. And the vehicle, I think, was found burned out. But the reason I'm bringing this back up to you I just I found out afterwards. Guess who is the detective assigned to the case, according to the daughter? Our dear friend Cedric Green with the Alexandria Police Department. Yeah, Cedric Green, same one who was the lead on Courtney Coco's case for the city of Alexandria. And of course this case has never been solved. I don't know. Where you at, Cedric Green? This is the the daughter also says she, she can't get any contact back from him or whatever. Uh, it's like, you know, I guess he, he figures out a sight out of mind. I don't have to do my job or whatever. I don't know. I thought I had read this one, but I'm gonna read it again just in case I, I messed it up. Uh, Kathy Marie Griffin, 28 years old, black female, on 525 and 95, human bones were located at the Old Folks Hunting Club, located about 1.6 miles southwest of Plainview High School in Rapids Parish. An autopsy was conducted and was determined that the cause of death was blows to the head. That's all the information about it. I don't know why I'm reading it again. Or oh, you know what? I had recorded some episodes of Rapids Burning that y'all don't even know about that that I messed up and I didn't like or whatever, so I went back where I got more information on, on the victims. 1995, that's a long time ago. And if y'all know something with Kathy Marie Griffin calling in, Rapids Parish, where you at? This next one is Charles Patrick Finn. The mother, Phyllis Finn, is, is very distraught. She said Charles' death is a homicide, but drugs were involved, so everything was just dropped. Charles Chuck Finn, they called him Chuck, Finn was brought into an ER by two unknown, unnamed men, and they left, and he suspiciously died, was murdered. Miss Phyllis, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I mean, did, did they rule it an overdose? I mean, the, the trend is now... On, and I can remember when we did the first case, the trend is now 
because of the opioid epidemic, they go after the dealer. If you OD and they can find out who sold you the dope, they charge you with second degree. They charge them with second degree murder. And I think it was like 2006 we did the uh, first one of those in Livingston Parish and got the conviction. And I know of a lot of people uh, that have been convicted since for selling the dope, even though they weren't around when the person was killed. But this guy's brought to, Chuck Finn's brought to the ER, and his mama said, um, well, I guess they probably had video in the ER. Shit, the ER by two unknown unnamed men that left suspiciously, uh, and he died. Well, Rapids, why don't you put that video from the ER of those two guys bringing them in and let people identify it, maybe work the case, find out where he got the dope from, where he at, or I'm sure it was Alexandria PD. Again, Ms. Phyllis, sorry for your loss. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like such such a large amount of cases that not only the the cold cases that are read you, but like some of these sex cases, and then and, you know it just seems like such a large amount of stuff that is mishandled. Is is, is it would be a, a nice thing to say about it. The I don't I don't know what you say about it. I don't know uh, other than again none of these people that I've mentioned in these three episodes were rich and they weren't politicians or related to politicians, et cetera. Although the one deputy or ex-deputy from Rapids Parish that they found in the road and they first were working as a, like a vehicle hit him. Uh, he had severe head trauma, but they got an autopsy. Well, hell, a vehicle couldn't hit him because the only thing he hit was his head. He would literally had to put his head out in the highway, just his head, and get hit by a car, so but still, it's not worked. Where's the where where is the responsibility to the victims? And then and then on top of that, with the cases that are worked by the good guys that that and that make arrests and see that the cases through, like Jermaine Harris said, that, I mean that guy seven counts of aggravated incest raping young kids and, and plus a bunch of other charges and it keeps getting continued and then you drop it down to nothing. I mean, where's the, where's the outcry? And, and there's been a lot of these, these articles that I was able to go back up and look up after um, the life was sent in the different information, right? On these people and every time they ask the district attorney, the I mean, these they, you can't get any fucking worse than that. I, I mean, you can, yeah, on murder cases and stuff. But I'm talking about the raping of the babies and him dropping it down. Now, listen, this and it says the ADA handles the case, right? The assistant district attorney, and his answer is, "Oh, I have to check with her." That's bullshit. There's very few district attorneys in the state that I know of, except some of the small parishes that actually prosecute the cases themselves. There's no doubt about that. They have ADAs who do the grind every day and prosecute the cases. And then you have your top ADAs who will prosecute your higher profile cases. There's no fucking way that ADA was able to cut a deal without Philip Terrell's permission. It is a fact. 
and then he's going to say, oh, I'll have to check with her and see what happened. Bullshit. And you know what? On the off chance that you're such a shitty supervisor that you didn't know your assistant district attorney cut the deal of a million lifetimes to a guy that's raping his own kids, then you shouldn't fucking be in office anyway. If you didn't, you have such a lack of oversight of your people that you didn't know, but I beg to differ. You know, as well as I do, there's another reason for it. So where does it end, people, of Rapids? I mean, I don't live in Rapids, thank God, but I am doing this because the same kind of shit I'm waiting every day on justice for Courtney Coco, and I can't tell you what I know, but I know at some point it's going to have to come. And if I could tell you that, that I think it's being delayed to after the election, well, then I would tell you that, but I can't tell you that. And, and I can tell you this bullshit. And if I was in Rapids, I'll tell you something. My grandfather was a district, the district attorney for East and West Feliciana Parish for over 30 years until he retired. At the time, he was the longest-running district attorney in the state of Louisiana. My other grandfather, my dad's dad, was a judge, okay? He died, literally uh, had a heart attack crossing the street from the courthouse to his office, and, and he was a judge to the day he died. They would be flipping in their graves, all right? This is bullshit. You don't have to put up with it, people. Stand up. It's your right to go and, and, and kick these assholes out of office, man. There's, there's no excuse for it. And I'm not going to let Courtney Coco go. And I'm going to keep burning rapees. I'm a, you wouldn't have this on you right now. I wouldn't be sitting here doing this it had the job been done in Courtney Coco's case because I'd have moved on to something else. It's ridiculous. And then I'm going to read this one because this one, I, got, I have to read this. Especially, y'all know about it. It's just blown up in the news again, et cetera. But I have a one-liner from an eyewitness that's not listed in any of this stuff that I'm going to tell you at the end of the story. You think you've heard the story, but I'm going to tell you at the end of the story what you're dealing with. And this is about the homicide of Thomas Coutte, C-O-U-T-E-E. So I'm going to read it to you. Just bear with me, and there's a reason for it, Okay. Thomas Coutte Jr. was fatally shot in the chest in an Alexandria Walmart parking lot on September the 8th. The suspect, his estranged wife, Kayla Jean Giles, was arrested and charged with second-degree murder in the deadly shooting. The investigation into the shooting is still ongoing. Here's what has been uncovered so far. And this is from the town talk, y'all. The, um, then I'll put the, the lifer stuff. I had a ton of lifers send this case in, especially like in the last two days, but I had it before. Who was the Walmart shooting victim? Kuti was a welding instructor at the Central Louisiana Technical Community College and an all-terrain vehicle racer. In March, Facebook posts about an event promoting career and technical education on high school students. Kuti said teaching was his true passion and career, and I'm glad I chose this path in life. Kuti met his wife on September 8th at Walmart to pick up his five- and seven-year-old stepdaughters so they could come to the Chuck E. Cheese birthday party of the two-year-old daughter he had with Giles. Or Giles, I don't know. Instead, he was allegedly greeted in the Walmart parking lot by a gunshot in the chest from 
Giles. When the police arrived to the scene at 11.15 a.m., Kuti was found on the ground. Despite attempts to revive him, Kuti died at the scene of the crime. Witnesses claim that CPR was performed on Kuti before the firefighters and Louisiana State Police arrived on the scene. They added that emergency responders worked on Kuti for at least 20 minutes before a privacy barrier was erected around the crime scene. The funeral for Kuti was held Thursday at 2 p.m. in the chapel, etc. Prior to Kuti's death, his lawyer, Kenneth Doggett Jr., filed a motion for a new trial after the 9th Judicial District Court Judge Patricia Koch, K-O-C-H, ruled on August 20th that the couple share custody of their daughter. The motion argued that the ruling was, quotations, against the law and evidence, alleging Giles had been abusive. Now, Giles' name, last name, y'all was Kuti also, but they let her use that as part of the um, court proceedings. That's what a lifer told me. All right, so what we know about the Walmart shooting suspect, Kayla Jean Giles. Giles, 31, has been booked into the Rapids Parish Detention Center on a $1 million bond. Her residence is in the gated community located next to the Walmart where the shooting occurred. The day before her husband's death, Giles had been served with papers ordering her to appear in court for arguments about a possible new trial concerning custody of their two-year-old daughter. Kuti and Giles married in Waco, Texas on October 24, 2014 and moved to Rapids Parish in August of 2017. On February 2nd, they separated. In May, a matrimonial agreement that laid out how the parties handled their assets was filed. These assets included a, a Pineville home, nearly five acres of property in Rydale, Texas, and two vehicles. Until the divorce, the argument requires Giles to provide medical and dental benefits for Kute and their daughter through CHAMPVA, the Civilian Health and Medical Program provided by the Department of Veterans Affairs for eligible military dependents. Additionally, the agreement allowed the suspect to use the name Giles instead of her married name. Before Kute's request for a new trial, there was no mention of abuse in the documents filed. However, Kute did make a at least one report to the Rapids Parish Sheriff's Office prior to the motion for a new trial, a history of domestic abuse. On May 28th, Kuti filed a complaint alleging that Giles slapped him on May 22nd while they were exchanging custody of their kids. Kuti told the deputy that when he leaned into the car to give the children a last hug before going to work, Giles slapped him on the left side of the face. According to the complaint, Kuti produced a photo of redness on the left side of his jawline below his left ear. It was reported that Kuti also showed the deputy a screenshot of a text that Giles allegedly sent to a mutual friend. The text supposedly said she had knocked the shit out of Thomas. It felt good, though. T-H-O, her text. Kuti mentioned to the deputy that he had been arguing with Giles over her desire to move with her boyfriend, who Kute claimed was a drug addict. Charges weren't filed, but Kute told the deputy that he wanted the complaint on file. The motion for a new trial stated that during an August of 13 child custody hearing, Kute presented a history of domestic abuse at the hand of Giles. It was also stated in the motion that the state law creates a presumption 
that no parent who has history of perpetuating family violence shall be awarded sole or joint custody of the children. And she was served, wife was served a court order before the deadly Louisiana Walmart shooting. And it, it goes on to talk about the kids, y'all, being taken in by family services and um, uh, eventually sent to a family member. Now, check this out. You talk about the shooting in the Walmart parking lot, and people say, oh, she's innocent. She, you know, she hasn't been in trial. Yeah, I get that. She hasn't been in trial. I had a lifer send this in, and this is one of the witnesses that said that they worked on him, gave CPR for 20 minutes or whatever before uh, they set up a, a, a barrier and all that. This witness said she was there and approached Giles when Cootie is lying, bleeding out, and said, I can help you give CPR and this is what the lifer said. Giles said, I ain't touching that motherfucker. How you like that? He's laying there bleeding out uh, long enough for everyone to get there and try to do CPR on him for 20 minutes. His ex-wife says, I ain't touching that motherfucker. Figure that one out. But this is why it became so big in the last couple of days. And I'm going to read you this. This is... This is just outrageous. Oh, y'all, supposedly she's dating, living in, uh, living with and dating a police officer now. She's out on bond. Talking about Giles. And the same one who said, I ain't touching that motherfucker. And that witness said they would testify or they are going to testify that in court. I want to see her explain that one to the jury. I'm going to read you this. And this is about Kate, our friends at KLB. And then actually they're not any friends of real life, real crime at KLB. I can promise you that. Okay, so August the 24th from KLB at 4 or 7 p.m. Kayla Giles, the Alexandria woman charged with secondary murder and obstruction of justice for the September 2018 shooting death of her estranged husband in a Walmart parking lot wants to open a daiquiri bar. Now, lifers, if you're not from Louisiana, we're fortunate enough here where you can have drive-through daiquiri bars or just regular walk-up daiquiri bars. And, you know, everybody loves a daiquiri, right? Daiquiri bars might have 20 different kinds of drinks and they're cheap and they're fun and all that. But Kayla, let me go back and read it again. Kayla Giles, an Alexandria woman charged with second-degree murder and obstruction of justice for the September 2018 shooting death of her estranged husband in a Walmart parking lot, wants to open a daiquiri bar. Giles is currently awaiting trial for the death of Thomas Cootie Jr. The trial, which was supposed to take place in May, has been continued until May of 2021 due to COVID-19 delays. On August 11th, according to Louisiana Secretary of State records, Giles filed for an LLC in an effort to open a daiquiri bar called Luna, that's L-U-N-A, Daiquiri's LLC on Highway 165, Glenmora. That's in Rapids Parish, y'all. State records reflect that Giles' title would be 
Manager Member, a website for the proposed business notes. We are applying to the Office of Alcohol and Tobacco Control of the State of Louisiana for a permit to sell beverages of high and low alcohol content at retail in the parish of Rapids at the following address. 12490 Highway 165 South Glenmore, Louisiana 71433. A public records request filed by News Channel 5 with the Office of Alcohol and Tobacco Control reflects that a liquor license under Giles' name or that business had, has not yet been secured as of last week. Giles is currently out on bond, according to an order set by Judge Greg Beard. Two conditions of her being out on bond include abiding by a curfew and not visiting bars or casinos. A gag order remains in place for all involved in the case. <laughs> News Channel 5 reached out to the town of Glenmore for a comment about the effort to, re to open the Daiquiri Bar. We received a statement from the town's attorney and basically all the statement just said they hadn't had a hearing on it yet. Okay, now... I got a couple points. Here we go again. Rapides Parish. Their, her trial was set for this past May. I get COVID happened. But so you move a whole year away. All right, maybe. But Giles is a, a, a condition her bond, which means if you do this shit, if you break these conditions, your ass is going back to jail and you're not getting out, right? So she had to put up whatever amount of bond to get out, and the judge tells her, you have to abide by a curfew. Now, that means your ass has got to be in your house at a certain, by such such time. Usually, it's by, you know, dark time, 7 p.m., whatever. Daiquiri bars are open at least until 2 a.m., and everywhere in Louisiana, I know of. So, she's going to be the manager, owner. What does that imply? But, the second part she, she has to buy by a curfew and not visit bars or casinos. <laughs> a daiquiri bar is a fucking bar. That's all they sell is alcohol. Very seldom do they even sell beer. It's, it's, it's a bar. And she's saying, fuck you, judge. Uh, I, I can just only assume the part about the curfew. But she, she went and applied for her license to sell liquor in her bar under a company that she's formed herself, Luna Daiquiri's LLC, where she's a managing partner or a manager and a partner. If that doesn't say fuck you to Rapides, uh, to Judge Greg Beard, then I don't know what does. But what makes pop up in my mind is what in the hell's going on in her mind that she thinks she can go and just totally not acknowledge and not con I guarantee that this bitch she ain't, she didn't abide by the curfew order either. She's just a slap the judge and all the rapides perish in the face. Not to mention Thomas Cootie's family members. She is not only going to not abide by the judge's orders. She's going to open a bar in. Even though her trial allegedly is scheduled next May, 
that makes me wonder, all these other cases I read to y'all today, the trials got to continue, 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 continue until they plead them down to a sweetheart of a deal and, and or whatever it is, right? Does she have some kind of connection? Everybody says she's dating a police officer and living with a police officer. I'm not saying that's connection, but if you, what are you thinking? Now, look, hey, everybody that's involved in the case has a gag order on y'all. Woody Overton's not involved in the case. I can say whatever the fuck I want to. This is America. And I'm telling you, this stinks, okay? You're going to invest the money to open a bar, not if you think you're going to prison you don't. What does what does Kayla know that Woody Overton doesn't know? Sure, it would be nice to find out. I mean, I, I don't understand. Rapides, where you at, Kayla? If I was Judge Beard, I'd have her in my on the carpet in my courtroom, so fucking fast, it'd make her head spin. I don't know who her attorney is. They, but I mean, this is not good, and they they should advise her to file it under somebody else's name or something, right? I don't understand, Rapids Parish. I don't understand what's going on over there. I truly don't. Uh, I pray for y'all. I pray that something happens, and y'all, I'm still getting more information. I'm still getting more information, and I'm not. I may do one more follow up episode, but I, I'm, I'm gonna do an interview. Like I told you I was going to do with a person who worked inside the district attorney's office and has knowledge uh, of of wrongdoing that he say firsthand and proof that 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 way you could take it for what you want to. But I'm going to do that. That's going to be week after next. You can continue to send in all these cases and stuff. Y'all have just volumes of information. I will. I promise the families and the lifers that I would acknowledge each victim. I try to do that. If y'all, if I left somebody out, please let me know, and I'll get it in at some point. But I don't know. Rapides burning, and all you had to do was make the arrest in the Courtney Coco's case. Rapides burning. Somebody's gonna have to answer for something, and I, I get it. Most of these victims don't have family members that are in a position to fight. Uh, the system, et cetera. Sorry, but I mean, at least we got, got your people mentioned and hopefully something will get done. Uh, to me, Rapides is burning. I mean, I don't know how else you would describe it, but all the shit that's going on, I read it to you. This is my third episode on it. So in two weeks, I'll conclude Rapides burning and I love and appreciate each and every one of you. It's a hell of a story to tell. I don't get it. I don't know how you live there and stand for it. Um, and I know a lot of lifers have said we don't stand for it. You know, a lot of them didn't know all the stuff that was going on. Uh, I guess you got good people who just are never affected by crime, right? And they go to work and they go to church and they raise their families and, you know, they living the American life. But hearing all this, and, and it happened right there in your parish, you know, something's not right. It goes way back. And, and I don't know. But two weeks, uh, you'll have an interview 
be an eye-opener at least. But I appreciate you all listening. Thank you, uh, lifers. Look, if you can't be a Patreon member, I get that. And, and lifers, you're still supporting me by helping Real Life Real Crime grow, share, keep we're growing exponentially, and I appreciate that. Y'all are sharing with people all over the world, all over the United States, certainly all over the state of Louisiana. Please continue to share. And lifers, you, you, um, I'm in a position where I'm able to add commercials to the show now, which helps cover some of these expenses. And so you are helping, even if you can't be a patron member and you, you listen to, to the regular episodes and you have to sit through the commercials. I apologize about that, but that's part of doing business. So I, I appreciate y'all so much. I would not have a show if it wasn't for the fans. I wouldn't do it. Never planned on doing a podcast. It happened by accident, and but I'm not going to stop now. So uh, I love and appreciate each and every one of you. Again, Instagram, at realliferealcrime.com, at Overton Woody. Facebook, we have... A ton of pages, but the big one has over 24,000 members. That's real life, real crime, friends, fans, and crew with K, K R E W E, the YouTube channel. Y'all check it out. I'm going to start uh, posting some more videos to the YouTube channel again, like I've done in the past. The, but just anyway, just give us a like, give us a follow, follow me on Instagram, like us on, or give, leave a rating on iTunes, and I appreciate you. Uh, Miss Barbara Blunt's case, keep them coming. Keep them coming. That family's hurting, and the I, I will mention it every week until we get justice and find out where Miss Barber is. Because when I mention it, somebody sends in a tip, and I appreciate that. So Miss Barber Blunt and injustice for Courtney Coco. I still believe it's coming. I really do believe that in my heart. Um, I'm gonna never forget about uh, sweet Courtney, and. All these cold cases, y'all, I'm getting more requests every day. Toby Tomplay and I are, are in the works of setting up a cold case um, podcast where we can work and, and try to solve cold cases because I have so many people that are asking me. I mean, they're, every one of them's hurting. Every one of them's hurting, and they're asking me to look at their cases. So, But I know lifers like to hear my old stories and stuff like that and not necessarily be bogged down in all this, all these cold cases and stuff. So that's coming. And uh, so stay tuned for that. And you can continue to, to, to send in your cases, your cold cases, doesn't matter where they are. And uh, hopefully one day we'll get to your case. So LOPA, Louisiana Oregon Procurement Agency, check this out. I got a, a message from a lifer the other day who works at the iBank in Louisiana. Now, you hear me every week say, lifers, be a hero, give the gift of life. Well, guess what? And it dawned on me after she sent the message. She sent the message said, hey, I work at the iBank, love the podcast. Um, once you know that the eyes, you know, people donate their eyes also through that, through that process, and we are able to give a lot of people the gift of sight. And it just dawned on me. It's like, bam, I didn't think about that, right? So it's not... The, the the people that are getting the gift of sight aren't necessarily going to die like the rest of the people, right? They're getting the lung transplants and kidneys or whatever. But to think about that, to be blind and then be able to see, that's another beautiful thing about LOPA, the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. 
Y'all go to their website. We'll include it in the show notes. Uh, sign up. Be an organ donor. There's on the boxes, check LTC for uh, Livingston Parish Literacy and Technology Center. Those kids are working hard to try to get a certain amount of uh, new new sign-ups, if you will. And we also just check there that you heard about them and they get credit for it. And underneath that is Real Life, Real Crime. And it'd be cool if you check mine too. But uh, be, be a hero. Give the gift of life, but you can also give the gift of sight, blind to sin. Think about it if it was your family member. I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on murder by you. Peace. Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay.